Hey there, fabulous ladies. Welcome to Bring Back Your Pink, where we celebrate the fabulousness of midlife and beyond. I am Jen V, your host, your biggest fangirl and impact-driven entrepreneur living my biggest and boldest life, so you can too. Get ready to leave behind societal expectations and embrace a life filled with laughter, joy, and endless possibilities. So stand tall, turn up the volume, and let's dive into the world of living life in full color. Together, we'll rediscover the power of being unapologetically ourselves, and we will release our inner vibrancy, and together, we will bring back our pink. Let's make every moment count, girls. Hello, ladies, and welcome to Bring Back Your Pink. I am so excited about today's guest. I'm not going to tell you who she is just yet because I want to share a quote from her. Um, But just let me tell you, I am super duper excited. Now, this is a quote that I grabbed from an article that she was featured in. Never let anyone tell you you can't do something and you're never too old. It doesn't matter if you're 25 or 85. If you have a dream, just go for it because you never know. So today... I am delighted to have Stephanie with me, a.k.a. S.J. Carmine. Now, she is an author and her Instagram is Wax Whips and My Hairy Bits. Now, Stephanie is a 52-year-old menopausal mother of three from Blackpool. In, In 2020, she underwent the mother of all career changes. She went from recruitment to raunch. She started writing her very first book, Wax Whips and My Hairy Bits, in lockdown. And the first book spawned a series. And last year, it was the second best-selling book out of all the books on Amazon. And I am not surprised because I have read these. They are freaking hysterical. Like, literally, people, if you're going to go and listen to them, and I hope or listen to them or read them, and I hope you will, do not drink anything while you're reading. Stephanie says it shouldn't have happened to me because I'm just a random menopausal northerner and I've got no connection to the literary world, but my writing resonated with people. And I'm telling you now that it did because honestly, I have not laughed so much in a long time reading a series of books. I am so delighted to have you here with me, Stephanie. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me, Jen. Thank you. Ah, I am delighted to have you because honestly, the books, they have made me laugh. They cheer me up. Um, I've read the whole series. I will go back and read them again because I'm sure I'm a very fast reader and I'm sure there's so many funny bits I missed in them that I will go back for a second read. Um, But what, like, I have to ask you, um, and I want to go way back uh, to start with, what drew you into the recruitment world to begin with? And how does it feel to be like miles and miles and stratospheres away from that now? Gosh, well, I I kind of went into recruitment by accident. Um, so finished university, not sure what, what I was going to do, ended up working for a recruitment agency. Um, then from there, I set up my own recruitment business, um, did that for a few years. Then I had sort of, three babies within five years so took a bit of a career break Mm -hmm. um and then back in 2019 um I decided I was going to set up I wanted to um 
work with people over 50. I wanted to specialise in helping getting the over 50s back into work. Um, and then obviously, you know, the press was booked, my training providers were on board, and we were suddenly plunged into lockdown. Mm-hmm. So everything stopped for me then. Um, I, you know, I, it was just, well, as you know, it was um, not a good time when we went into lockdown. No. So that was kind of my, my background, really. So before having my children, and obviously when they were very little, um, I, I had my own agency, um, took a career break, did some content writing, looked after my dad, who had Alzheimer's. And then you get to that point where you think, well, I've done everything for everyone else. I'm going to do something for me now. And the plan was to set up this recruitment agency, but lockdown had other ideas. Oh, good old COVID. Yep, it certainly changed uh, some things. I have to be honest and say, with COVID for me, I was made redundant um, from a very safe corporate brand design job in 2020. I now look at that as a reinvention for myself and a rebirth day. Um, But I know for so many other people, it was such a devastating time. I'm kind of almost grateful because if it wasn't for COVID, I wouldn't be here doing this right now. And, you know, being blessed enough to interview you so you know I kind of have a little but then I but ironically but ironically if it wasn't for COVID I wouldn't be here talking to you either that's that's a a point isn't it and let's let's go like the next question I've got to ask this like from recruitment to launch how the heck did that even happen I love it so much but how (laughs) so we go into lockdown I've got two sons home from university, one son homeschooling, I've got Mm. lockdown anxiety, I've got menopausal anxiety. And when it got to the point, if anyone left the house, when they came back in, I was squirting them from top to bottom with Zoflora. I thought, I've got to do something. I've got to do something here. And then coincidentally, I read a couple of lines from Fifty Shades of Grey on social media. And I just had this really guttural response to it I thought you know women women aren't like this I hear you I hear you because I was exactly the same with it and I'm an avid reader and I could not continue with those books no and I just thought you know we've got cellulite we snag our tights we get frizzy hair and wouldn't it be funny to take books like that turn it on their head make them funny and give them a strong body positive role model who takes no shit and knows her own boundaries. So I just started writing from there. You know, that was my that was my trigger. Um, and, and what a way to alleviate anxiety by making yourself laugh, because I laughed all the way through. I was laughing at two o'clock in the morning. You know, I'd be dropping off to sleep and I'd think about a scenario, you know, like, wouldn't it be funny if? Um, but yeah, I always say um, that writing these books saved me because of my level of anxiety. Um, and yeah, it's been fabulous. Well, I, I hate to say it, but I'm grateful for your anxiety that led you to re- write these because <laughs> you talk about you were laughing at 2am. I randomly think of things in your books and I might laugh no matter where I am. And I have to I have to ask about, well, talk about this because this is one of the funniest things I found. Not the funny, actually, no, everything was funny, but the wax ballend. 
Now, <laughs> that, just, that just killed me. Now, I had to go and Google what is a bowend? Like, what the heck? And anyway, so the bow, I thought it was like the mast of a ship or something along those lines. I'm like, that can't be it. It's got something to do with the penis. Anyway, um, when I found out what it was, I'm kind of like, well, you know, it kind of is a bit like a ship, isn't it? You know, erect and proud. Um, <laughs> honestly, I just, and then when Tom found it in the in the drawer. I'm, in I'm the like, kitchen drawer. <laughs> honestly, you know, that's the thing. I just giggle and giggle and giggle at these books. And I am so grateful you brought them to the world and you know, they just, just not to be serious, you know, like just not to be serious and take, just take the a piss out of our lives a little bit, you know, it's so, it's so good to not be serious all the time. Yeah. Um, And, and speaking of serious, of you know, yeah, <laughs> you've got to enjoy life. Like we're both, you know, the two of us, we're both in our fifties and like, honestly, you know, we were discussing just before this episode, like this is the best times of our lives and, you know, why not have fun with it? And that, like, I, I hope you continue writing for the next 20 years because I'm going to be on your list, like, reading them all. Um, and I realised <laughs> I haven't read them all, so I've got a couple more to go. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, about the book club. So I will be on to those. Got to be done. Yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> I do have to ask, what do your former corporate colleagues think about this? Do they know what you're doing now? I'd love to know what their thoughts are. Well. No, because thankfully I was self-employed. <laughs> ah, so, um, so, you know, I just worked for me for a long time. Um, but when I wrote the first one and published it, um, I, I couldn't like tell my sister because my sister's like in her 60s um, and she's much, much, much more proper than me. Um Something went wrong genetically, I think. I don't know what happened. Um, so when I first posted it on my Facebook page, I said my brother had written it <laughs> because he's an author. <laughs> so, you know, I kept this facade up for, like, quite some time. Oh but then, goodness. obviously, once the book started getting traction and started gaining press, I, I had to fess up. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my gosh, what's been the most unexpected reaction you've had, like from your family or friends or, you know, anyone? What springs? The most to- unexpected reaction I've had is when I get messages from women in their 70s telling me how much they loved it and then recounting their own experiences to me. Oh my gosh. I know, I know, I know. It's I love- just, um, it's. It's amazing. It's amazing. Or you'll get somebody who um, will message you and say, oh, I loved your book um, and I gave it to my 82-year-old mother to read and she loved it as well. So there we go. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's actually how I first met you. I contacted you and said, oh, my gosh, I've just read your books. They're so funny because they were so funny. I thought I really need to reach out and tell you this because you literally, like, I just, I downloaded them, just went bang, bang, bang. You know, I couldn't stop reading them. So my husband's like, what are you doing? And why are you laughing? I'm like, oh, my gosh, I really, he's not a reader. So you really need to read these books because they are freaking hysterical. You will laugh so much. I haven't given them to him yet because, as I said, he's not a reader. But I I think I might soon. I think I I feel like he needs to read them. 
Um, he will never let you near a scented candle again. Oh, no, because you know what? I'm an absolute <laughs> candle-aholic. I have candles all over the house. So as a matter of fact, he will not let me near them. Well, actually, he'll remove them all from the bedroom. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because men generally don't like books. Um and I think it's the candle scene. What did it? Well, you know, I, I, I felt his pain. I did feel his pain. So, girls, you want to know what we're talking about? You really need to go and read these books because all will become clear. Um, all will be revealed. Interestingly enough, um, like talking midlife as well, a lot of midlife women think they need to kind of stick to their lane. You know, what would you say to inspire them to break out of their mould? Like, I mean, they think they should be wearing their slippers and knitting, you know. Beige. Yeah, what like what would you say to them, like like to, to get them to live their best life? Just do do not conform to the stereotypes of age. You know, yeah. just because you've hit 50, it doesn't mean you have to wear beige. It doesn't mean you have to wear your slippers. You mm-hmm. know, we've got so much to give. We've got so much life to live. Enjoy it. Enjoy every single moment. Because nobody's tomorrow is guaranteed, is it? So enjoy it. Enjoy every second. It's not. And that's the thing. And that's why, you know, I have pink hair. I wear bright colours. I love wearing my colours. But I'm 55 and my dad was diagnosed with cancer when he was 55 and he left us when he was 57. So for me, it's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's running really raw for me at the moment because yeah, you know, I, I think about how I feel now. And then I think, mm-hmm. gee, this was when dad got sick. He was the same age. And he should have been there living his best life. And yet his life was that short. So that is why I think I'm embracing it so much as well because, you know, yeah, tomorrow is not guaranteed for any of us and we really need to make the most of every single day. And, you know, I'm all about joy and, you know, if it doesn't bring you joy, you know, don't do it. Mind you, I do wear slippers, but mine have flamingos on them. So that makes them special. Yes. I mean, the the way I look at it is... I'm 52 now. I might live till I'm 92. So does that mean I have to be old for 40 years? No. You know? Because no. I don't feel old. Um, and only I think only I have the right to decide when I feel old. And that might not be till I'm 92. I don't think I'm ever going to feel old. I feel yeah. I felt older at 35 than I now do at 55. So, and that's because at 35, I was terrified of being 55. Now I'm here at 55. It's the best time ever. Like, and it's so much fun. I mean, it's funny because I do TikTok videos, um, mainly aimed at menopausal women. And the amount of time um, the youngsters will come onto one of my videos and leave leave a comment like, oh my God, what have I done? Why am I on old person TikTok? I'm an old person. I'm 52. But that's society's um, perception of age, isn't it? Well, this I mean, is the whole thing. I think TikTok's perception of age is once you hit 25 year old. But that's it. And that's why we are breaking the moles, aren't we? Because, you know, we want to know. I, I want to show women, like, that honestly, you know, you can be 55 and you are not old. Like, I am not knitting. I don't know how to knit, to be honest. Um, no, we need <laughs> Uh, but that's because I like to bake but you know like we can do we can do anything we set our minds to like honestly um and this kind of leads me into the next question one of my favorite quotes 
Um, I've got lots of paper quotes from your books, but what the fuck am I doing? I'm 50 years old. I should be baking banana bread, not posing naked for my ex-boyfriend. So, you know, this is the thing. A lot of uh, of middle-aged um, women and men are probably hesitant to explore or talk about, well, sex. Do you think your books help bridge that gap? I think they do. Yes, because that quote, um, it's from Anne. It's not from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she finds herself oh, suddenly men. single at 50. Yes. Um, and she's, she's back dating again. She's dating again. Um, and it, she, apart from like the, the menopause, she's she's quite comfortable with the sexuality. And then you've got Sylvia, um, oh. who's in her late seventies, and she's you know married to a younger man. She's into all sorts, oh, um, yeah. but you know she's got a bit of a problem with the joints because she's like nearly eighty now. So she uses a sex swing. I was about to say, again, I'm saying, you know. Sex swing. I was going to bring that up because that's, it. honestly, <laughs> these books. These books. And you know, I, but she's, she's an older lady. She's happy with herself. She's confident in sex roles. Because, again, it's this misnomer, isn't it? This, this stereotype that, again, you hit a certain age and you don't do it anymore. No. But they think that we're, Sylvia we're... proves all that wrong. Yeah, they, they think we've dried up and died. And it's like, no, no, if anything, we're probably far more experimental and, you know, fun-loving um, because we don't, like, I I take I take things seriously, but there's a lot that I don't take seriously, you know? And, yeah, like, I, I think these books, and, I mean, I love Anne. Like, she cracks me up and I felt, you know, when, the, yeah, the divorce and that. But I'm like, go you, you're back out in it. You know, you're, you're doing the dating. And oh my gosh, she has some funny stories. She has some funny stories. I'm not going to give them all away, people, because you need to go and read the books. So but do you think? I mean, I would, I kind of, I describe Anne as every woman because she's a little bit of all of us. Oh, she and is. And that, that's, that's how I describe her. Yes, she is. I very much um, felt akin to Anne, um, especially, you know, I went through dating after I split up with my ex-husband. I was not 50, I was 39. But, you know, trying to get yourself back out into that scene is just like, oh, my gosh, like just, and uh, again, the stories, but I just don't want to give them away because I want people (laughs) to go get the books. But do you think... You know, having maturity now, you know, at, at 52, um, has it influenced the way you've approached your characters um, and the storylines? Um, yeah, because I, I think I've just wanted to keep her real. Um, and that she... I'm also chatting to my friends, chatting to my friends in the 50s that are dating. Um I mean, we start her off. You might switch some of her bits. She's she's thirty two when she it's... starts, so she's she's not a spring chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I mean, am I mature? Some people would say probably not very. <laughs> um, <laughs> Me neither. But I think just just I think I've just written about her in a real way. It's not fluffy. It's not romantic. It's not. It's just really real um, and normal. She's just normal. 
She is. And that actually is so funny how we keep segueing into exactly what I want to talk about next. A quote from the book. This is Anne. Um, the change. What the fuck is the change? I hate that expression. It's like women hit a certain age, their periods stop overnight, and they change into a fucking unicorn. This quote comes from the book, and it is when Anne is dating, she's in a restaurant, and she has a power surge. Um, describe that scene. I, I I just about fell off my chair when I was reading this just quietly. <laughs> well, she's on a date. And she's already been to the park with this guy and, you know, it's, it's looking quite good, um, quite like seems a brilliant personality. And they're just about to order and she feels a hot flush coming and then she's getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And she just, you know, vocalises what she's feeling. And she, she says, I'm, I'm hot. I'm really, really hot. And, of course, her date thinks, you know, hey, you know, I'm in here. She's feeling hot. Um, and he completely misunderstands the situation. So she just launches into this tirade um, about the menopause and how, because uh, he says to her, oh, oh, I get it, you're going through the change. And that just triggers her um, because she hates that word. Because, you know, it just does make it sound so simple, doesn't it? Oh, the change. I mean, I know it is a change, but the change, it just almost trivialises it. Uh -huh. um, and to me, it also takes me back, you know, to when I was growing up and nobody talked about the menopause. It was just the change yeah. spoken about in hushed tones. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so she just goes on this run, lists all the symptoms. Um, and this poor guy is just left like with his mouth on the floor. Uh, but she feels much better when she finishes. And a few of the ladies in the restaurant get up and give her a clap. <laughs> I think I would have got up and given her a clap as well, quite frankly. I wanted you to describe that scene because it is such a funny scene and I thought, I don't think I can do it justice. Um, so thank you so much because it really is an extremely funny scene and we, I think we've all been there and I've definitely been there many a times when, you know, you get the power surges at an inappropriate time and I just love the, the way the, the the and I can't remember what his name was, um, but the date completely misconstrued what she was saying. Like surely, yeah. you know, uh, well, I mean, it's a book, but like, you know, you think he kind of noticed that perhaps she was red um, because my power surges go and I go red, <laughs> which is not attractive with pink hair, as you can imagine. <laughs> so no, he just thought he just thought his look was in. I think he did. He did. He thought it, it was his lucky night. Honestly, I, yes, <laughs> these books, I know I keep saying it, girls, but it's so true. They are just so funny. So <laughs> I just have a curiosity, you know, when you started writing this kind of literature um, and these kind of books, what were some of the challenges that you faced? Oh, dear. Some of the challenges I faced, um, overcoming my own self-confidence, was was the major challenge because I just thought oh, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. Um, and once I'd overcome that and I started, the next challenge was um, where on earth am I going to get my ideas from? Mm. I went, I spoke to my friends, I went on the Urban Dictionary. Oh my God, the Urban Dictionary was a godsend. 
Really? And and then thinking, you know, about books like Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. And thinking of these these scenarios that I could turn into comedy. Um, but when I started, oh my goodness, it just flowed. I must have had things stored in my memory bank <laughs> that I didn't know. Um, I, it was just, um, yeah, it was just so much fun. It was you, so much fun. You truly have written them so well. And so, you know, we can really kind of, and there's, they're so authentic that we really feel for Anne, like those multiple, um, you know, ER visits, that's what we call it, the emergency visits, um, you know, to, to you know, when things were kept going wrong and, you know, it just cracked me up and then Sylvia being there and, oh, my gosh, it just, like, each time I was just in hysterics. Um, I was just like, let's just face but it. The, the, ironic thing, the ironic thing was... And I think it was probably self-confidence again. When I'm writing some of these scenes, I was thinking, oh my God, oh my God, I've gone too fucking far. I've gone too far, I've gone too far. And then once the books are out there, I was getting messages from women telling me about their experiences. And I'm thinking, oh my God, oh my God, I didn't go far enough. Well, funnily enough, I was at um, the soccer watching my son-in-law play the other day and I was talking to an ER nurse and she actually I was telling her about the books. <laughs> I tell everybody about them. Um, and then she started telling me stories. I'm like, oh, my Lord. Like, really? I know. She was I, I'm not going to go into detail because, quite frankly, they're too gory to even, you know, speak about publicly. But truly, some of the things people get up to, Stephanie, I was I was quite shocked. And I'm actually not that easily shocked. And I was. <laughs> I mean, I'm, really? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah, it. Um, I... I think your books are perfect myself. So, um, but tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Um, obviously, Anne is the main character and we love her. Tell me, what's one of your other favourite characters? You know, how did they come to life and why do you love them so much? Oh, it's got to be Sylvia, hasn't it? Yes. It's got to be Sylvia because I just... Um, I just love the way that she started off as this like really scary, overprotective mother, um, and then randomly became Anne's best friend. Uh -huh. um, and I just, I, I just love her because she's living her best life uh -huh. um, and her backstory. And because I don't want to say too much, but her backstory and the flamingo mask. Oh yes, because I was know, reading. She's them, just course. got so many hidden depths. Yeah, and I was reading them, and I'm like, oh my gosh, these books are totally meant for me because there's flamingos in them. Oh my, yes, it yes. was so perfect. And I'm not going to give this scene away, but the shed, the shed scene, the first time they caught. Oh, it. the shed scene. The shed scene. Right. Yeah. Like it. Yes. <laughs> With Adrian. Yes. It needs to be read. It needs to be read, people, ladies, everyone listening, you need to read it. Um, so going back to corporate for a bit, can you share a, a funny or, you know, unexpected thing that happened to you that might have actually sowed oh. the scenes for this and for, you know, what you write now or anything that appeared in your books? 
Oh, sorry, I just lost you then. You broke up. Can you ask me oh, again? No problems. Um, can you share a funny or unexpected thing that happened to you from your corporate days that might have kind of influenced, you know, the way you're writing, what you're writing about or something that you've even kind of weaved into your books or anything like that? Um, maybe the characters of some of the men that she dates. Uh-huh. Uh, might have been blokes that I've come, not dated but come across. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, just um, and some of the messages she gets. Um, you know, I have had messages like that. Um, mm -hmm. So it's really, I suppose, yeah, some of the characters might be based on people that I've encountered. Um, in my corporate life, in my working life. I um, laugh about, you know, the dick pics because, you know, we've all had them, haven't we? And it's like you just, it was brought in so brilliantly and they it just made me laugh so much because just her, I loved the way she sort of took them on and, just so the way you wrote about it was just so funny and so real to all of us that have dated online. Um, now, look, I love online dating. I met my husband through, because I'm married a second time. I met my husband through online dating. Um, but, you know, I did have my runoff pics as well, you know, and you're like, really? What? But they think that this is okay to send to us. You know, I'm not stopping and taking a photo of my, you know, my bits and sending it to them. I mean, it's it's funny, obviously, since I've written books. I mean, I get some messages. I do get some messages off men. Um, you know, you wake up in the morning, you open your emails, and you just hit with this flurry of foreskin. Um, and I have I have this message. I had this message recently, and it was just, "Hi, I'm a 57 year old virgin, and I like to watch women smother themselves in mustard." So obviously it was a, a block and delete, but I wanted to say two things. One was, are you surprised you're a 57 year old virgin sending messages like that? And secondly, do you prefer French or English? But, you know, I resisted the temptation. I, um, it was the first thing that popped into my head when you told me that was like, I'm not surprised that you are still a virgin at 57 if this is what you send people. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. I bet you get some doozies on Instagram as well, because even I get some doozies on Instagram. It's like, really? What if it makes you think it's appropriate to send me that? Um, I, I Do you know, know what? I've never had anything on Instagram. Really? Never. It's I, they must have they must have read about the balancing scene in my in my story or something. They must have. But Twitter. On Twitter, I've posted about something really innocuous, you know, like the price of fish or something. Yeah. And um, then you scroll down and you've got like a dick pic in the comments. You're like, what? Why? I don't want to see your naked mole rat. No. You know, I just don't get it. Oh, my gosh. I don't it, get it at all. No, I don't get it either. Like, anyway. I, you know what? I think we could contemplate this for the next 10 years and we'd still never get it. So we it. no, we wouldn't. So just 
how do you find the balance between, you know, the erotic side, storytelling and character development? Um, do you find that easy to do? I mean, I reckon you've, I think you've nailed it, but did you find it easy? Um, I actually found it quite difficult because I really just, essentially the books are comedies. Yes. So I, I didn't want to make them like too rude, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I did find it hard to strike that balance. And I think that's probably why she never has sex. So I didn't actually have to get into it. I think that's why she has all these disasters because <laughs> it was a really good get out for me. Oh, honestly. Yes. Poor Anne. The, the, yes, the run of disasters are just absolutely hysterical um, because we can all, I think as females, we can all picture ourselves in that situation. Um, and it could very easily happen to any of us. So, yeah, I think I, I truly think you nailed it. And I think that's why they're so funny um, because we truly do imagine ourselves in those positions. Going, oh, my gosh. You know, like imagine if that happened and it could. Um, lastly. And but I think the again. important thing with Anne is mm. the important thing with Anne is she, she's trying to reinvent, her, reinvent herself as this erotic goddess. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but then she kind of realises, no, actually, you don't have to conform. Just be yourself. And if they don't like it, they can fuck off. Um, you know, she's happy. She, be, she becomes happy. She's happy with herself. You know, she realises eventually that, you know, well, throughout all the books, actually, she realizes that she doesn't have to change. She just needs to be who she is, and that's okay. One hundred percent. And I mean, you know, the the guys that know me know that is absolutely something I preach. It's like you know, be unapologetically yourself, love yourself, and that's I think what I love so much about the books is they literally, you know, they she embraces herself big panties and all and I mean I'm a big advocate for big panties I love them um none of this little bits of you know floss for me I like I like my nana knickers and, and, and she's quite happy <laughs> she's quite happy to take the piss out of herself and she doesn't take herself too seriously that's that's it that's it exactly. um, she's so perfect um I think honestly anyone that reads the books would relate to her so well. Um, but thank you so much for your time. And I have one last question um, I want to ask. If your corporate self from a decade ago met the writer you are today, what do you think she'd say? I think she'd be absolutely fucking horrified. I <laughs> know. <laughs> she'd be thinking, what are you doing? swearing and writing about sex in your 50s oh my god yes well I think I for, I, one, I for one embrace you for doing that because I think you've brought a gift to the world and I feel like the more people that read or read the books and know about wax whips and my hairy bits they're going to embrace the second half of life and I mean you know, even though Anne, yes, she starts off at 32. Um, but so even I, I mean, I really should actually give them to my daughter who's 25 and let her read them because I think she'd find them very funny. Um, 
but I think anyone that reads them is going to find them hysterical. And I, I actually, it's so funny because like, I think about, you know, if, if I met somebody like myself from 10 years ago that knew me now, or came, like came up and up, you know, if met myself, I think my person will be going, oh my God, I'm so glad to know this is in my future that, you know, I'm going yeah. to be happy. And you know what? And to know that I'm going to actually love myself and be unapologetically myself. I feel like we need to change the narrative on this a bit. I feel like we need to go, no, she's going, your 10 year old past 10 year old person was going to go, no, Stephanie, I'm so glad you're doing this. And I'm, I'm not bored anymore and I'm loving life and it's fun. <laughs> and I think what I, what I really want to say is you don't have to conform. Don't no. conform to the stereotypes of age. Just be no. you, you know, try and put the fear behind you because if you don't do something different, you'll never know how it was going to work out, will you? Just, you know, this this is don't be scared. It's so true. Like when I um, dyed my hair pink, I was like, I'm going to have pink hair. And then I went to the hairdressers and they're like, so are you going to do the pink? I'm like, no, I'm 12 for that. And then they're like, no, we really, come on, like do it. If you don't like it, we can always change it back. I'm like, no, I'm too old for pink hair. Do you know what? I'm I'm so glad I have it. I love it. I was visiting a friend in hospital today and I said, I'm going to have this color hair when I'm 90 because I love it. And it's not, you know, it's not conforming, I suppose, to the standards of what a 55 year old should do, but I don't care. I don't, excuse my, sorry, I'm going to swear. Like I do swear anyway, but I don't give a flying fuck. Like it's about being happy with who we are. It's about you, what makes you happy, not what makes everyone else happy. Exactly. You know, you've, embraced you. both. you've embraced the two things. You make yourself happy by writing, but you make all of us happy by writing the book so we can read them and be happy. Oh, <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. It's true. Um, I'm just going to uh, close on a something I picked up from your Instagram, and I thought it was a perfect way to end this interview. You said, my books aren't great literary classics but they make ladies laugh. So my job is done. And I think that is just so true about everything that you have done, that you write. It's so true. And it is so important for us to laugh and enjoy life. And it makes me so happy to see you doing that and giving it to other ladies. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, they, um, they're not stories that are going to resonate through an age. They don't bring the light into the dark which is what, what all these literary agents are looking for. Um, I've got a cock, a cock, a fucker and an arse in my first paragraph. Uh-huh. But they are making women laugh. So they're not sedate. They're not probably particularly intelligent, but they do make women laugh. And they have made women laugh through the shittest of times. And for that, I'm really, really, really proud. And... I'm really, really grateful because, you know, they have made me laugh so many times. And, you know, I mean, I'm not going through bad times, but I can imagine how they would have made me laugh in those times. And also I feel like thank you for bringing mm. awareness to, you know, yes, Anne starts at, at 32, but she ends up at 50. And, you know, for me, bringing awareness of our sexuality as as middle-aged ladies, middle-aged men, like, like we're not dead yet. We're not dead yet. So, you know, I think that the no. books bring awareness to that. And I think a lot of people, you know, we talk about, you know, dryness and this no. and, that and the loss of libido. And I mean, look, we've struggled with that. I've struggled with that. But 
you know, to bring it back to make it fun. And I think that's so important. Yeah, she's um, she's awesome. I love her. I miss I miss um, not writing about her, but I couldn't have taken her any further. I would have had to taken her into her seventies and given her an OnlyFans account. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm quite happy where I've left her. I feel look as much as uh, I yeah. would like to see more and hear more. You know, I and I can. Yeah, you're right, but. As I said, I'm looking. What what are the next books called? I I only discovered them today. Um, the ones where we're doing, she's doing that. The, they are going to read them in the book club, and I love that. I'm like, I need I need to find a book club, and I need to read these books. Oh, now. um, secret flies in the book club wives. Yes. Oh, I. Um, and that was my kickback again. Um, all the snobbery that I've encountered. Um, okay, you know, because ladies' book clubs they like to read books that come from mainstream publishers, and I'm I'm self-published. Um, and you're like you're like the literary underclass when you're self-published. Oh. Um, so this book was my kickback against that. So when a token northerner like me who's moved down south and joins a very proper ladies book club and all the books they're reading are so intelligent you know a bit of Dostoyevsky mm -hmm. um and she knows she she can't stick with it because it's just too highbrow and she brings wax whips and my hairy bits in, in with her to read and it causes um lots of new friendships to be formed and um a secret you would never imagine to be revealed. Well, I'm I've downloaded them today and I will be reading them and perhaps we can chat again once I finish them. Um I'd love to have you back on because Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, this has been so much fun and it's it's been as I said, it's been such a pleasure having you. Um thank you thank so much you. Stephanie for coming on. I will direct everybody to Stephanie's links. They will be in the show notes. But you can find her, Wax Whips and My Hairy Bits on Instagram. You can download the books at Amazon, Goodreads, there's all sorts of places. I'm going to get all the links for you people so you can go and read and have fun. And for now, until next time, don't forget, girls, never lose your pink. Because remember, life's too short for us to be faded. So I will see you next week on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Bye. Hey ladies, I created this podcast because I know we need more of it to help us bring back our pink and live our best lives. But guess what? We can't do this alone. So if you loved this episode, let's spread the world. Share it on your socials, send it to a friend and don't forget to write us a review. By doing this, you become part of the movement to bring back your pink and inspire others to do the same. I'm incredibly grateful to have you in my world as we live life in full colour and become our authentic selves. Together, we're unstoppable. Let's keep rocking and bringing back the pink. <laughs>